Hey there, my name is Erin Deal, and I'm a half-Southern, half-Midwestern mama, some call this voice a nasal twang, who took $5,000 to build and scale a one-of-a-kind experiential organization that improves the lives of corporate professionals through personal development, humanity, and humor. Along the way, I've built client relationships with some of the most notable companies in the country, all while attracting a rock star team of experts and hilarious facilitators. Sounds pretty awesome, right? Well, what I didn't tell you is that my resume also includes a long list of comedy shows I bombed, improv teams I didn't make, companies who told me no, and many a heartache when it came to becoming a mother. I want to show you the real deal of the grit, creativity, and determination it takes to overcome your disappointments, embrace the suck, and design the career you could only dream about. I believe we all have our own unique gifts that we bring to the world, and it is our mistakes that help to unwrap them. Welcome to Failed It. Welcome to the Failed It podcast, the podcast that reminds you, you have to fail in order to improve. I'm Erin Deal, the founder of Improve It and your host, Failed It family. Today, I'm so stinking excited I know I say that, but I'm, I mean, this is a real excitement. They're all real, but this is like genuine excited to have our guest, Nicole Emrek. Nicole, welcome to Failed It. Oh my gosh, girl. Hello. I am here. We are doing this. We're doing this. Okay. So I'm going to make your cheeks a little pink for a minute um, because I want to talk about your highlight reel real quick. So this is Nicole Emrek her highlight reel. In 2008, Nicole Emmerich was unfulfilled working as a commercial banker, and she decided she needed a creative outlet. MissCareerGirl.com was born. Nicole's blog existed to help ambitious young professional women find out who they are, what they want, and how to get there. Now, Nicole partnered with brands like Microsoft, Chevy, Hampton Inn, Secret, and InStyle, before selling her blog in 2013. Now, Nicole has since owned her own content marketing agency, been an adjunct professor, 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 there it is, at DePaul University, and she's served as vice president of social media and influencer marketing at FCB Chicago, where she worked on brands like Botox, GE Appliances, Cottonelle, and more. Now, today, Nicole leads Allstate's social media center of excellence. Nicole, what a real girlfriend. Welcome yet again. So excited to have you. We have so much to unpack. Yes. Ooh, I'm like tired just hearing about my career. Yeah, I feel I feel tired for you, <laughs> but also inspired. I'm tired and inspired because we have... Okay, let me just share with our Failed It family here how you and I know each other because this you and I know, but they have no clue. And it's one of my favorite stories. So uh, you and I met in 2000, I think 11 ish is what Mm -hmm. I'm I'm thinking back. Right. Okay. And that was through a mutual friend and you had started MissCareerGirl.com and you were just living some dreams back then on Twitter and the interwebs. And I just remember hearing about you. My friend Shelby was like, you've got to meet Nicole. And I I said, yes, I do. And then sort of reading all of your stuff and following you. And then we became friends. 
And then you had a pilot program you were creating for women who wanted to start their own business. And you know this, but the Failed at Fam does not. This is how Improve It got started. Okay. I didn't even have an idea of starting a business and you helped birth this baby. So thank you, first of all. And I'm just so, so, I'm so inspired, not tired by your career in general. You inspired this entire thing. Literally, this podcast would not be here. This company would not be here if I had not taken your class. It's hard to believe that that little class, which truly in the background was, um, it was, you know, that class was happening at a weird time for me because I'd just been laid off. And that was one of my kind of me trying not to fail. Mm. So like teaching classes to pay the rent, Mm. but I was sort of failing at my business in the background. And so it's really funny to hear that something that me at the time would have thought of as a failure or just something I was doing because I had no choice. It's really cool to see something like this came out of it. I mean, that's pretty cool and pretty ironic that here we are on Failed It. That is ironic, don't you think? A little too ironic. No, um, I truly, I just think back to that because you, you and I, again, we met through my roommate at the time, Shelby, who... It's a great person and friend. And you had started this class. And I remember you saying, I I remember specifically telling you, like, you're like, come join it. I want your feedback. And I said to you, I don't have an idea, Nicole. Like, I really don't have an idea. I was just starting this career at a recruiting firm doing business development, which I'd never done before. I was taking improv classes at night. And man, you really did inspire this creativity. and. It's so interesting because I had no idea on the back end that that's what you were going through at all. Like it seemed so, so different, which is why this exists because people don't like to talk about the failures along the way. And truly you have sparked an entire business. And if you even think about it, because Improve It exists, you've given jobs to the world. Oh yeah. There's one thing I have, it's ideas. Yeah. And when those ideas can help empower others, that's, that's amazing. Girl. Okay. So I have so many questions. So you and I, we haven't connected in a while, which is, this is great. I know we're, we're recording this. I'm also using it as an opportunity to catch up with you, but you founded and you ran MissCareerGirl.com from 2008 to 2013. Can you tell our Failed It family what it was like to create such a boom? I mean, this, it wasn't just like a small site, like it was a booming blogging business during one of the like heights. First of all, it was also during the recession, but you, you built this incredible audience online in a time when not a lot of people were, were in this space. Now the online, you know, it's it's just crazy. There's so many different communities, but talk about what that was like. Well, we should probably back up and just, you know, you guys should know that I have a finance degree Mm-hmm. Even though I wanted to do marketing, my dad sort of convinced me that I should do finance. You know, it's safe, secure. You'll always have a job. You'll make more money. So the point of me sharing that is I didn't learn anything about marketing, blogging. I, I had never done any of this stuff online, like at all. Social media was new. I mean, Instagram didn't exist. Facebook was definitely around, but it was a very, very different place. 
Twitter, I got on Twitter, like, probably around that time, mm-hmm. you know, it was just a really, it blogging was different, everything was different. So this whole thing to me still, when I look back, it's such a strange side hustle that I chose. Um, I always liked writing as a kid, and I was always really good at it. And I always got very good grades and compliments, but I never paid any attention to it. So it was funny that this came full circle. But when I started that blog, I literally had no idea what I was doing. I would look things up on YouTube, I would cry, I would stand on the weekends trying to figure out, you know, how to do this or that, try to pay people, you know, that I knew from college or whatever to help me with a logo or this or that, just to teach me how to use WordPress. But it was very much a struggle in the beginning. Um, but I think back and it was very aligned with who I am and, and how I wish to help people in the world. And so I think what made it so successful is that I loved it so much. And um, it was worth the struggle and the learning. I mean, the blog made me realize that social media was going to change the world. It was going to change the way we did business, the way we communicated, the way we probably did friendship. And I knew I wanted to be part of it. So what I did is I just kept learning, 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 and testing and failing. Uh, and and I, I'm telling you guys, the more you fail, the more success you have. And that was my case with the blog. Um, and, and again, if you don't love it, it's not going to be as easy to fail. Um, but it is really hard as a new blogger to fail in front of people. I remember being so worried about certain people from high school reading my blog at first. Mm. And the second you can let that go and start to be your truest self and start to really share what's really going on, um, that's when you'll start to have even more success. I mean, if you look at just sheer numbers of traffic, my traffic would go out the roof when I would share real stories that were going on in my life um, versus something that maybe you think is the right thing to write or a more Mm. edited version of yourself. But that is hard and, you know, can cause issues or whatever. But um, that blog was five years of a sort of failing forward. And even, you know, when the first person reached out with a brand deal, you have no idea what to charge. You have no idea how this works. You have no idea how much you should charge for an ad or a link or whatever. And you just have to say something and, you know, maybe they'll take it. Maybe they don't. And try again. Man. I mean, this blog, do you have a number? Like if you were to set, just to give people an idea, because this wasn't just like a small blog on the internet. You sold your business. So can you tell just to the extent of of what you remember, like traffic wise, what you were getting, what you were seeing? I think that at its peak, it was probably at about 50,000 unique visitors a month. It was um, big enough, but small enough, if you will. At the time, there weren't really other career blogs. I think there was maybe one or two other ones that were just starting, which are, are now still in existence. And um, some of them got major funding and, and they've been bigger, but that was such a little niche back then. Um, so 50,000 was a nice number because it was enough to get great paid deals, but um, still small enough to be a niche. Yeah. And I mean, I remember thinking back, like, it really was like now there's so much out yeah. there content wise, right? But back then you really did kind of own that space. And like you said, you had a few competitors, but it really, I just... 
was in awe of what you built. And you did this outside of your day jobs, right? Like this was never a full-time thing until I took your class. Yeah. And you know, that was when I was starting my, my content marketing agency, which Mm. really was a failure. And Mm. the only reason I started that is because my last job in finance was at JP Morgan Chase. Great job, you know, youngest one in the department, good pay, good benefits, that whole thing. Got this opportunity from somebody who followed my blog and said, Miss Career Girl, I don't see you working in finance. I'm going to find a way for us to work together. And he ultimately recruited me to a startup. Um, That startup sort of failed and they let go almost everybody because they didn't get the funding they thought they would. So four months into my job, shortly after purchasing in, you know, BMW, for God's sakes, Mm. I lose my job. I'm on my ass. I'm kind of pissed because career, my career has always been very important to me. I really like it. And this was my first marketing job. So like, I don't really have a great resume. I know I'm never going back to bank. So I just kind of said, well, F it. I'm going to start my own business. That way, no one can take away my career from me. No one can do this to me again. I want control. Um, So I said, I'm going to do this myself. And so again, remember, no marketing degree, no marketing internships, four months of a job experience, which was a good experience and crazy. And I did learn a lot in four months, but it's four months. So, you know, I have no money in the bank. I have no plan. I have no clients. And I'm like, I'm just going to start my own agency. Mm. And ultimately, that was a failure. I wouldn't recommend starting a business like that. But it was another fail forward. And you know what? I have so much appreciation for employers now because I don't Mm. want to be a computer and, you know, deal with taxes and clients who don't want to pay because they don't like the creative and it was a whole thing. I, I just, I had no idea what I was getting into. I sold jewelry on the side and I taught those classes on the side, which is, you know, how we met. And there was many months where I was like, I don't know that I'm going to make my rent. Um, I had unemployment for a little while that helped me launch, but you know, that was a mess, but it was a good mess and it was an educational mess. And it was really, I think, uh, you know, just a defining chapter for me. Totally. Okay. I want to, I want to unpack a couple of things here. So during that time that you started your own agency, you were still doing Miss Career Girl on this side as well, along with these classes, right? So then it was yep. through 2013. Yeah. And I will say this, that class, I found the notebook because I just moved and you and I talked about this. I just moved. I found my notebook, Nicole. I had some, I had dividers. Okay. I had, yeah, I I had, listen, I had uh, circled all the things. You told me where to start a website, how to get my handles. I'll never forget. You told me watching television was watching somebody else's dreams unfold. So just stop watching TV and start working on yours. There's just things in there that I, that really did stick with me. So you had a good thing going, sister. It was a really interesting thing. That's funny about the TV thing, because I, I do believe that. I'm surprised I was bold enough to say it back then and teach that to students. But for me, that was a big part of the success, because I I still had you know other things in my life. Even when, when I was self-employed, actually, you work way, way more when you're self-employed than you do when you're at the office. Yeah. And for me, removing things like TV were a secret. And, and I would say it's still a secret, although I'm very into Shit's Creek right now. Oh my God. Well, don't stop. It's the best show ever. I'm going to be Moira for Halloween, I think. I mean, just, God. Um, just an angel. 
I'm obsessed with Dan Levy. I'm, oh. I'm trying to dress my 15 month old son just in black and white. So oh, I know I'm ready to just dress like him. So oh my God, I, I literally, the, I don't know what season you're on, but I, re, if this tells you how much I love it, I've seen them all. And the finale is amazing, but then there's also like the after finale special. And I've seen it three times and I just watched it Friday night and cried with a new set of fake eyelashes on. So let's oh, just say yeah, there's that. Wait. So much in store for my future. See, see, look at this. If I wasn't watching this so much. I'd have another block. <laughs> This is worth it. This is worth it. This is the one show. The finding show, yes. Oh, uh, okay. Wait, I have, okay. So then 2013 comes. What made you exit Miss Career Girl? And this has been something you and I haven't talked in forever. So I'm so curious too. And I know our audience is too. What was the strategy there? What was the thought behind it? So I think it was about 2000, maybe the end of 2012, or I think it was probably the end of 2012 where I started working at a small digital agency, leading their first ever social media practice. So it was kind of cool because I got to do what I was doing in my business. But with a paycheck, um, I still got to act and think a little bit like an entrepreneur and was supported in that way, but had more resources. And it was the first time that I really liked my job and felt like this was really a career I wanted to make a go of. It was really something I wanted to commit to. I was still freelancing. I was I started adjunct professoring and I just loved what I was doing. And I just got married and it was a lot to juggle with then sponsored posts and keeping everything going with the blog. And you know, I just I felt like it was time to let it go and put that effort into my into my marketing career. Mm. So, you know, I think blogging gets to a point where you have to make a decision. I never really aspired to be a full-time blogger. Sometimes I look back and wonder if I made the right decision. I think I did for me. Um, especially as the blogging world started to become I, all of my sponsors, they started wanting photography of me and they wanted to know what camera I had. And it, it was, I liked being behind the camera as a writer. I didn't like to be in front of the camera. Instagram culture started to rise up a little bit and I just saw where things were going. And, um, I, you know, I wanted to place my bets on my, my career and marketing. So I was able to get some offers and and I took one of them so that I could focus on all the other things that I had going on. I love it. I love it. And I've wondered that because it was, I, you know, I felt like, as you were saying, you started to really show your face more on the site and that makes total sense. I think I want to parlay that into my next question because thinking about today and society today and social media, and that's, you are working with some of the best brands in the world. You've worked with one of the best, maybe the best advertising agency as their director and VP of social media and influencer marketing. I mean, that's a huge title. So let me ask you this. As somebody who works on social media all day, as somebody who is constantly monitoring, I'm sure, metrics, and do you ever need a social media cleanse for yourself? Heck yes. And you know, gosh, it's a weird field to be in. Because remember, when I started out in this, it was like, wow, this is going to change the world. Well, guess what, guys, it did change the world. 
And not all the changes have been good changes. Mm. A lot of them have been good changes. But if you've watched the latest Netflix documentary that everyone's talking about, um, The Social Dilemma, I mean, some people would say social media is the new cigarettes and it's the demise of democracy and that it's the bane of culture right now, right? So um, there are times where I question it ethically. There, I mean, I would say I have a bit of a social media addiction and I guess that works well for me and that I do it for a living. But I recognize that there are times I need to delete those apps from my phone. There are times I wish I just wasn't in this field because mm. I see that it can be unhealthy. So there's mixed emotions about all of that. But absolutely, I think everyone needs a break. One, There's a cool book I have right here on my shelf. It's called 24-6. And it's just this, this family's philosophy. They turn off all their like social media, their phones, electronics one day a week, kind mm. of um, a Sabbath, I guess you will. And they really, really from like Friday night to Saturday night, they don't do social media and, you know, modern technology in that way. And they found it to be completely life changing. Just one day a week. If you really think about that, it's like, oh, it's just one day, but that's hard. No texting, no any of that. So I think, I think the world is, um, you know, I could be working in what someday will be considered like a really unhealthy field. And I, I do question that. And when I think about my, I have two daughters who are little, but as they grow older, I think a lot about what is my philosophy going to be on, you know, their usage of social media and technology. Cause I love technology and I love social media and I think it's brilliant and I think it can help our brains so much, but I, it's just, you know, it's a, it's kind of a double edged sword. Girl, preach. I'm doing some praise hands, taking me to church, all the things. Yes. So, first of all, I asked that question for a friend, quote unquote. Sure. <clears throat> for, 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 you know, you feel. I actually took this past Friday off on a personal note, and I've just been running myself ragged, like through a move, through just a pivot of a year. I mean, constant go, go, go. And I said, I'm going to take the day off. I had childcare for my son. John was working, my husband. So I I went, I now live near the beach. I literally went to the beach all day by myself. I moved all of my social apps to the very last scroll of my phone. So it took me forever to get there. So I knew not to do it. I didn't turn Instagram on until this morning. Let me just tell you, how life changing I like, and I didn't look at my email either. My, I looked at my personal email because I had a couple things going on, but I did not look at my work email and I feel like a new person. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. It's scary though, too. It really is. That means to me that we feel crappy most of the time, but we don't even know it. Yes. Yeah, Nicole, I'm not going to lie to you. That is exactly what I thought this morning. Like, wow, I really do. Because I, I mean, I'm going to be real. Like, I'm trying to showcase this podcast. I post on social media because I want to share this wonderful content with the world. But sometimes it feels constantly like I have to go back and forth to it to connect. And sometimes it's just too much. And then I endlessly scroll. I'll find myself at night being on my phone for 10 minutes. And I'm like, what did I just do? Not 10 minutes, 20. Let's be real. Sometimes 30. And I'm like, 
what did I just gain from that? Nothing except seeing my friend's baby pictures, which I like, but it's still, it's, it's too much. See, the friend's baby pictures are good, but I think I'm noticing there's a lot of people I don't even really, I haven't like seen them or I don't really know them anymore. Yeah. And then you think about the influencers and influencer marketing is something I've done a lot of. And I can just tell you, like, it's a very, very staged game. Yeah. Um, and you, you really have to be careful to take it too seriously. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, let me ask you this question. What do you think about getting rid of the likes? Because I know that a lot of, like, it's happening in a few different countries, but the U.S. is sort of slower to follow suit on that. What do you think about that? I don't think it will stick. Yeah. I don't think... I just don't, I just don't think it would work for the people or the advertisers because I think it's one of the very addicting components of the technology. And I think it's one of the validating pieces of it. I I don't think the whole system would work Hmm. without it. So it'd be a good thing to take them away. I just don't think that the technology companies will do it because I think that will kind of ruin the system. Interesting. Okay. So I, I wanted to ask you that I was just curious about that. And I'm sure our listeners are failed at family is listening. And, and it's just fascinating to hear your content piece or your piece of thought on it because you create content and you are helping brands create content and helping manage those accounts. Hey, failed at fam. Are you a leader for a small or large team that's stuck working from home? Are you missing the in-office happy hours or training sessions that allow people to interact and get to know each other? Are you sick of staring at a spreadsheet and you want something that will not only enhance team morale, but also build soft skills? Then Improve It has your back. We've pivoted all 11 of our in-person soft skill training workshops to this virtual environment. Using Zoom, we'll create a memorable hour and a half experience that can train your team on things like effective communication, leadership, thinking quickly on your feet, presentation skills, and networking all in this virtual environment. Leading a team of interns, let us wow them with our Career 101 workshop. Leading a sales team who's figuring out how to cold call or even warm call in this virtual world, have our team of improv professionals facilitate our sales training workshop. If this is the spice that your team needs to get out of this work from home rut, email us at info at learn to improve it.com. Again, that's info at learn to improve it.com and that's to improve it.com. Or you can head to our website, learn to improve it.com to learn more. We would love to help you improve your it virtually, whatever your it might be. As a whole, we're sitting in 2020. This year has just been insane because even with influencers before they were traveling and they were posting pictures of being outside of their homes. And now, you know, people are definitely forced to be more creative inside of their homes. But on a personal level, as you think about the year of 2020 as a whole, your career with what you're doing with social media and just in general, you and you mentioned this, you have two little girls who are adorable, by the way. Mm, thank you. What would you tell, let's say it's 2025, what would you tell your daughters about the year 2020 and 2025? Five years from now, what would you tell them about this year? 
Well, for me, this year has been a strange blessing because I was running so hard and so fast in advertising, living downtown Chicago, traveling all the time, going out all the time, raising the kids, every, all the things. I mean, I was just kind of like pushing it hard in all the categories and really having a good time. Um, no regrets, but the pandemic forced us all to just slow down and kind of screech to a stop in a minute. Mm. And I, feel for me, it really made me reprioritize my entire life. Um, and so I think what I would tell my daughters is not to wait for something like a pandemic to come around to make you stop and smell the roses and pause and slow down and be home, like literally just physically be at home once in a while. I was never home. Um, because you learn a lot about yourself and about who you are and what you really want when you pause, when you're just kind of running on autopilot, I think you miss out on a lot of things and a lot of lessons and a Mm. lot of joyous moments. Yes, girl. Yes. And you moved this year as well. I know. Yeah. Yeah, Now we're an hour outside the city and um, I love it back in my hometown. That's so amazing. And family close by. Yep. Yeah, uh, makes a huge difference. I feel yeah. Well, okay. So this is the failed it podcast. I mean, we've we've heard of some of the failures along the way that you've had, which thank you for sharing. But if you had to say, and maybe it was one of these that you shared earlier, but if you had to pick two specific areas in your journey, because you've had such a fa- a fascinating career, if you had to think of two specific examples of really just like you said slowing down and thinking about it now from this perspective two things that have stuck out on your path to where you are now that have really shaped who you are what would those be I'll start with the first one that comes to mind which is really just me being in advertising I spent six years in advertising And I joined the day before my 30th birthday as a director. And I'd never worked at a global ad agency before. And I'd never been a director before. And everything about it terrified me. Mm. Everybody was so cool and fashionable and smart and interesting and people from around the world. And I worked on all these amazing global brands that you would only dream of working on. Um, And I got to do a little bit of, you know, creative and a little bit of this and that. And it was you know, leading a big team for the first time. And I had very intimidating leaders around me. And I learned how just the power of showing up every day and being yourself, which takes a while when you're terrified. Um, you could, if you just keep showing up and believe me, there was a ton of failures. I had to present in front of so many C-suite executives I mean, I must have been a terrible presenter, a terrible manager, a terrible strategist even at the beginning of my career there. But if you just keep showing up and you put yourself in the right environment, like it gets better. It gets better and you get good at it. Um, And I think that that's, I I mean, God, I have endless lessons from advertising. That That was a chapter I will never, ever forget. 
Um, at the same time, I'd say there was a dark side to advertising for me. And that also taught me a big lesson. And that was, I would say the lesson there is it's irresponsible as a leader, as a parent, maybe even as a friend, not to take care of yourself first. Mm. There's a few, um, there was a few really dark moments in advertising, but one of them, I landed myself in the ER while I was really pregnant. I thought oh. I was having like these, it almost felt like I was having a heart attack, but now I look back and I wonder if I was just having panic attacks. Mm. I mean, it was very, very, very scary what, what I was having during that time. And then there was another time my daughter was hospitalized for five days on event with for RSV. And I mm. produced this shoot for Mario Lopez, just a little social shoot, nothing major, but it was a lot of coordination with the agent the entire time while she was in the hospital. And then I left the hospital to do the shoot and I came back. And that was a very, it almost angered me and no one made me do it. They would have probably preferred that I didn't do it, but there just really wasn't anyone else to do this particular thing. We had to steal, we had to do it. And that was really hard. Um, and there was a few other, you know, pregnancy stories because I was one of those people that puked everywhere. So I was like, mm. I'm puking in the airport, puking at pitches, puking. So like it was hard and I worked a lot, you know, usually almost every day of the week, a lot of weeks for years. And I think that as a leader now, I realize that if I don't say no or put some space or, you know, exercise, meditate, all the things we know we're supposed to do, you literally end up letting your clients down, your team down, your family down because you're just so fried, you can't move forward. So I'm trying now to just really embrace this this pause of the pandemic and the slowdown. Um, showing up every day, big lesson number one there. Um, and then, but also showing up with your oxygen mask on mm, so that mm-hmm. you don't crash and burn. Mm, I love that. I that is one of my favorite analogies, along with. You can't fill somebody else's teacup unless your kettle is full. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Nicole. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Because I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, you and I met, I think, right after I came out of the marketing world. I was in experiential for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I mean, it's it's a the culture is... Always on. You're just always on. Girl. I mean, I felt the same thing. And back then, when I it was around 2011, I think that's when Blackberries were the rage. And mm-hmm. I had the little, you know how you had the beeping light on the Blackberry if you had an email or something? Oh my God. It was like, the, it was literally a walking, just like red light in my face that kept saying, look at me, look at me. And it was always an email and it felt like it was an urgent email. And so that culture is so hard to continue, especially as a mom, especially raising children, especially going through the world continuously at that pace. I think what a blessing I think that this year has been for you. It sounds like that. Yeah. Oh my God, Nicole. And I think, you know, a lot of times our bodies react to our bodies do that to us. So we actually are forced to slow down. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned with the heart rate with your daughter. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. It's hard. And I've been in that position. And, you know, I also have 
there's, it's not an entrepreneur has its own set of stresses, right? Like, you know, there's yeah. a whole different set, but it's hard when that's the culture and you want to show up. And I, you know, I love what you've done is you've taken, it sounds like now you're at all state. Yep. You're not in the agency life. What made yep. you shift to that? Well, I think that was part of it for sure. Going, I think I wanted to focus on one brand very deeply and making a big impact. Yeah. Versus at the agency, my team worked on 20 brands. Um, now there was, you know, there's more people than just me, of course, doing that. But I, I, I started to really struggle with all of that plus new business. I couldn't really, my brain was tired of kind of ping ponging around and being a little bit of a lot of things. I wanted to be, you know, on one brand and do, do kind of a full, full social digital influencer intelligence integration there on one brand. Mm, I yeah. love it. I can't wait mm-hmm. to see what you do because they're in great hands. Okay. Oh, you see okay. what I did there? You see what I did there? Yeah. Uh, but no, that is truly, I think what it seems the career trajectory, if you were to take everything, if I'm looking at Nicole, which I want to say Cromaldi, because I know that I was know. your main name. But yeah. it's it's hard for me to go Emmerich, but I'm going to say Nicole Emmerich. When it's, you know, you look at these puzzle pieces, you really have taken this, this crazy finance world over here. And then you went from finance and you jumped into the entrepreneurial spirit, which then led you into your own agency, which then led you into FCB, which now it's you're working on multiple things to this one collective brand, which it all makes sense. It's just so funny in the moment. I'm sure, you know, as you're going through each one of these stages, you have no clue what the next chapter will be, but it does form a nice story. I'm going to say that because you've really taken these challenges that you've had along the way and assessed what it is that worked, what it is that didn't. And if I'm looking at every piece of your puzzle, I mean, you have really had some struggles through these through these pieces that you've had to overcome to get you to where you are now, which seems like a peaceful place. Like you seem like you're in a good spot. Yeah. And I have to say for anyone listening, because even at Allstate, we're, we're going through a lot of change right now and people are losing their jobs. And I know a lot of you guys might be going through your own changes. I just keep telling the team and anyone I know who's going through this, anytime something really great happened in my career, it's usually because something failed and went off the rails first. And for me, if I hadn't lost that job, I never would have started my own business, which is an experience that I needed to have and I dreamt about since I was a kid. And it was a different experience than I thought it would be, but it's something I needed to get out of my system. Um, in really every single failure builds on the next success. And so for anyone who's questioning their situation right now, who lost their job, who's been furloughed, um, who's really struggling with childcare right now, I think it's important to just be in the mud with it and kind of listen to yourself, to whatever you believe in and, and just be open to the idea that this could have been the best thing that ever happened to you because it could point you in a whole new direction, help you meet new people, get a new opportunity. There are people that will, let's say, have their jobs eliminated during this pandemic and find a job that pays them better and gives them a better title and a better lifestyle. 
There's people who will go start the business they've always wanted to start or stay home with their kids and have this chapter that they'll never forget. I think now's a really hard year for so many people, so much loss, so much waiting. Um, but but I, I'm telling you, I think it's just a really pivotal you know, fork in the road that can change everyone's path for the better if you choose to look at it that way. I think we're just going to need to make all of that a soundbite and that's just going to go everywhere. Okay, because that is some fire and everything you were saying, I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, yes, because I know it. I mean, this year has, everyone has a 2020 story, you know, and there's not one person who's, in one way, shape or form, not been affected by what's gone on and so many different facets of health, of social injustice, of of, of career, of prioritizing what's important, of just so many different layers. And so that is really beautiful. And I know will speak to a lot of people. So thank you for sharing that, Nicole. That, that was wonderful. I want to ask you something. So, you know, and first of all, the name Improve It came from your class, okay? Not even joking. That is so cool. It's a great name. Thank you. Thanks for helping us get there. Okay, so, but we say at Improve It, your it is whatever it means to you. So improve your it, whatever your it may be. If you were to say your life's it is blank or your life's purpose is blank, what would you say your life's it is? I'm going to go with activate your influence, which I know is kind of weird, but this is a activate your influence is a sort of mission I came up with about myself and my career. And it has given me a lot of freedom because I've told myself that regardless of what company I work for or what my situation is, I know that I like to help people and brands, businesses activate their influence, and that I too can look inward to activate my influence, not as an influencer, not as the number of followers. But each one of us has so much untapped potential. And the way we communicate, the way we carry ourselves, the way we dress sometimes or speak, we can influence other people for for the better. And so I'm always thinking about how can I help people, businesses, brands activate their influence. And it, it just makes me less tethered to a job, a company, a paycheck. Um, it makes me, I guess, have some creative freedom to empower others. Mm. And I saw that it's on your LinkedIn wall, like your wall behind your LinkedIn profile. And I wondered where that came from. So I love that. I love that you've created that for you because that is ex- exactly who you are. If I'm being honest, I think that is exactly you. Let me ask you this. What would you do if you could not fail? So I would go back to entrepreneurship. I really would. I'm still not over it. Even though I did it, I'm still not completely over it. And I don't know that it would be another agency. One thing that I would love to do more is teach. So I I do feel like I'm kind of here on earth to teach. Maybe it's teaching this whole power of influence. I don't know yet. Um, So I'm really thinking through that in the back of my mind. That is, that is kind of poking at me and I'm, I'm not sure what to do with it yet, but actually talking to you about the class, which it's so funny how much I know now versus then 
but how much I helped you even, you know, well, whatever that was almost 10 years ago. So that, this is actually kind of pretty cool to talk about this because I would probably be some type of online entrepreneur teaching. I think you would be great at it. Just say I would purchase several classes and I would be your testimonial. Okay. okay well, maybe you'll be my test in my next round 2.0. Yes, girl. Give it to me. I'm ready. I'm ready. That was, I mean, it's full circle. It's really full circle. And I can hear that in your voice when you talk about it. So I know that maybe 10 years from now, we'll be talking again when you know, whatever it is that you have online is flourishing. So, and maybe it's not even 10 years, maybe it's five. Yeah. So we'll see another side hustle. I love it. I, th- I'm, I'm excited to see that. I would read that chapter. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this. What'd you feel at today? You know, I missed a couple of meetings today because I am going through some health stuff and I chose myself instead of the meeting because the meetings will always be there, but I needed a minute. And so I guess you call that a failure or not, but I failed to show up to a meeting. That is not a failure. That is a gift to yourself. <laughs> and thanks for showing up to this, you sweet yeah. angel. I appreciate it. I know. And we're, we're rooting for you, Nicole. We okay. are. Because I know these are challenging times to be sick with anything. So Yeah. yeah. Whew. All right. Well, we've made it to the final round, which I call the fail yeah lightning round. All right. So this is a little improv thinking quickly on your feet. Nothing scary. You're going to, you're going to nail it, even though it's called fail it, uh, fail. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions and then I just want you to respond as fast as you can with only a one word answer and know that you cannot fail. But if you say more than one word, I'm going to give you a fail. Yeah. Just like that. in that man voice like, fail yeah. Okay. Are you ready, Nicole? One word answers. Yes, We're going to what? Here we go. Flying through it. Here we go. One word to describe your early career. Messy. One word to describe where you're currently at in your career. Peaceful. One word to describe your future self. Energetic. Oh, one word to describe your favorite boss. Hood. (laughs) One word to describe your least favorite boss. Blink. One word to describe your social media style. Authentic. One word to describe this interview. Fun. Yes, you fa- You nailed it. You didn't fail it. You, you nailed it. I'm giving you golf claps. <laughs> golf claps, Nicole, golf claps. Oh my gosh. All right, well, tell people what's the best way to find you if they wanted to reach out to you or, or see you on the socials. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Nicole Emmerich. Um, or on Instagram, underscore Nicole Emmerich. Yes. All right. Well, I want to give a big thank you to our our Failed It family for listening today. As always, tell me what you love, what you want more of based on this episode at Keeping It Real Deal or email us at info at learntoimproveit.com. The best conversations happen at learntoimproveit.com on this episode's page. So drop us a line. Tell us what you think of this amazing episode with Nicole. And I want to give a big, Shout out to you, Nicole. Thank you so much for sharing your gifts with us. Without you, literally, we would not be here. So I mean, I mean, literally, like we wouldn't have Improve It. We wouldn't have this podcast. So we would not be sitting here talking today. And I mean that, which is crazy to think about. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And congrats on all of your success too. 
girl, thank you. And as you know, there's been so many fails along the way, which I've documented through this series. So um, thanks for sharing yours with us and just know that you have served so many women out there. I can't wait to see what it is that you do next. I'm one of those women. So we adore you. I I appreciate the, the crap out of you. And thanks so much for joining us, Nicole. Thank you. Thanks so much to the Failed It family. A big fail, yeah. Failed It fam, fail, yeah. Hey, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Failed It. I'm so happy you're along for the ride. And if you enjoyed today's show, head on over to iTunes to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Wednesday. I'll see you next week, but want to leave you with this thought. What will you fail at today? And how will that help your future successful self? Think about it. I'm proud of you, and you are totally failing it. See you next time.